one of the most beautiful things about solo traveling is that you get to really know yourself, right? And what you need and what makes you feel comfortable. What makes you feel comfortable is not what the other person feels comfortable with. Welcome to the Travel Not to Escape podcast. I'm your host, Jelene on the go, solo female traveler and creative entrepreneur. Think of me as your skydive instructor, empowering you to take the leap into solo travel to push past your fears and transform your life. Join me every Tuesday as we explore the world of solo travel with purpose and discover how you can use it for your personal transformation, learn how to make meaningful connections around the world, and reignite your spirit of play. We aren't just talking about traveling to find ourselves anymore. We're all about doing the work to understand who we authentically are, breaking through our limiting beliefs, and taking the leaps to manifest lives we are excited about. Through interviews, solo episodes, and meditations, each episode is packed with practical tips, strategies, and inspiring stories from guests who have transformed their lives through solo travel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out on your journey, the Travel Not to Escape podcast is here to inspire and empower you to solo travel with purpose. Strap on your helmet. We're about to jump headfirst into the journey of a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome, Travel Not to Escape Navigators. I'm so excited to have my guest today, Ale Kanashiro, to chat about her story of solo travel transformation. And she and I actually met in Mexico City two years ago now, in 2021, because we had both wanted to go to Chocomilco uh, and ride the, the boats, the canals. And it was a really fun day exploring the canals. We actually ended up hanging out a few more times in Mexico City in the short time that we had uh, overlapping while we were there. Um, and we've just missed each other in like a few of the countries that we've been in in the last couple of years. Uh, but I'm so excited to have you on today's show, Ale. Oh, it's so happy to be on it. Thank you so much. And um, before we dive in to your background and your travels, I have so much to ask you. Um, but I want to start with a question I ask everyone. And that is, what is your favorite childhood activity? So my favorite childhood activity was probably the swings. <laughs> it's such a random thing, but I, I, every time I see a swing, even as an adult, I will go on it. I've gone on it in Morocco. Like I, every time I see it, we're just like, okay, let's do this right now. <laughs> oh, I love that actually. Uh, so I, I asked because there's like eight different types of play personalities and it gives me an insight into how people, you know, kind of still incorporate that spirit of play in their lives as an adult and like how it links to some of the other areas of your life as well in terms of fulfillment and making sure that you know, you're integrating that that like lightness and with the swings that's like very much in your body uh so i feel like that falls into that kinesthetic type of play style so doing things in your body as an adult you know whatever that is it could be dance it could be running around it could be you know like just some type of sport or gym that's so crazy yeah yeah i feel like i do it a lot yeah and like it's it's fun to to hear how people incorporate play uh as an adult as well which will will circle back towards the end of the episode i'll ask you another question about play but i want to get a little bit deeper into your background so let's start from from the very beginning can you tell me a bit about where you're from and how you started your solo travel journey so I'm from, I was born in Lima, uh, Lima, Peru. All my family is Japanese descent. So we actually migrated to the U.S. when I was seven. So I went to Chicago for four and then we went to Miami for the rest of it. And then I got out of college. I've always loved traveling. So it's been a very big thing in my family to travel. I used to go since I was 15, I would go to Peru every year to go travel, see them, hang out probably like around a month there. We'd go by myself for me and my sister, or we also do like small little travels here and there for every, since college, I would go to vacations. Like for my birthday, I would just, instead of like, I don't know, doing a birthday dinner or let's go out, I would just pick a place close by, even if it was just Orlando or Disney or something. I'd be like, let's all just go. <laughs> let's just all go travel somewhere, even if it's close or if it's farther away. We went to Savannah one time with a couple of friends as well. Um, it's just always been part of my life. I love discovering. I love seeing new places. I like how other people live. And I got out of college and I started in an agency. After I quit that, because I've always had this like urge to be an entrepreneur as well, I got a remote job. And after I got the remote job, it was like 
it was even before the pandemic. So people didn't really have remote jobs before, right? It was just, it was very rare to have a remote job. And it just opened this whole life of freedom. And I was like, wow, I can, I can go places and work and, and still make money and go somewhere else. It was just very, it was a weird concept. I had never seen it because I came from an agency life where they micromanaged all my time. So it felt very weird, a very weird transition of being able to travel, obviously still work full time, but be in different places all the time. And so then I started doing that little by little. And for me, it was really important to like inch into it. I feel like if I would have just gone this remote job and just ended my lease and gone nomad, I think it would have been such a big shock for me, right? It wouldn't be like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, is this okay? I kind of had to ease into it. And now that I am a coach and I do hypnotherapy, like I definitely know why this was, but it was, it's just expanding yourself, right? You're like slowly expanding yourself. So it literally took me probably like seven months of me still having my apartment in Miami and traveling a lot, but still having this home base where it felt like safe to me. Like it felt like safety. I still had a home base. It felt okay. But then after those seven months, I, I traveled probably five of those months. And I was like, what am I doing with this house? It's expensive. Miami's expensive. Yeah, and yeah, I was is. like, wow, I'm just paying for a house and like all these tickets and stuff. And it, and it also showed me that I could handle both. Like I could handle traveling and I could handle work. And yes, of course, there was a, another level of time management that I had to like get used to, but it was manageable. It did, I didn't do bad in my job because that's like the first few thoughts that come up, right? Like, like, am I gonna like not succeed in my job and also travel? Am I having too much fun? Is this like not sa-? like it just, there's a lot of things that pop up, at least for me when I started traveling that happened. And so I felt like I had to ease into it a little bit. And when I eased into it, after those six months, I kept talking about it. I was like, I'm going to add my lease. I'm going to add my lease. And that was like my way of just like solidifying. And I'm just like checking that everyone is like, okay, with this decision that I'm making. And and then I just did it. And my, my lease ended December and I decided to leave. And then I went to New Year's to Brazil. That was my first stop. And I went to Rio. I went to yeah, Sao Paulo. And then I went to Lima because I was like, I, I played it very safe at the beginning, right? I was like, okay, let me go to the places I know. So I went to Rio with my best friend. I went to Lima with another friend. Uh, no, with my other friend, sorry, with my family. And then I went to Medellin to meet up another friend. And in between those little moments, all of the other travel plans just kind of end up popping up for me you meet people you meet people over here someone tells you about a plan over there and then you're like well it actually fits perfectly like I had met up with a friend in in Lima he was like oh I'm gonna be going to Bolivia exactly the time frames that I had between Lima and Medellin and I was like okay let's go to Bolivia and so I ended up going to Bolivia to the salt to uni which is like literally one of the it's one of my favorite trips I've had yeah. And so then it slowly like rolled rolled up like that. I ended up going to Medellin. I went to Mexico again and then pandemic hit. So I went back home. And then as soon as it lifted, I was like, I need to go back to Medellin because I loved it. I loved how it was. I loved everything about it. And I was like, I need to go back there. And no one, I didn't know anyone that was going to go there, but I had already visited. So I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go by myself. And that was my Amazing. first, that was in, in quotation mark, my first really really solidified solo trip i had taken solo trips before but they weren't like let me go move there type of solo trip it was more of like let me visit let me go on vacation and i i'm very comfortable with myself like i don't mind doing that but this one was like i'm literally gonna move to another place for a whole month or two months or however long it's gonna be so that was a bigger transition for me yeah and did you like what were the the feelings and like the the blocks that were coming up in in terms of making that move to Medellin do you remember yeah so one of them were my family so I think one of the biggest things for me while I've been with the nomad life was family making family understand your decisions of the lifestyle that they don't comprehend. Like at least my parents, no one around me has family that travels like this. They think the world is unsafe coming from the States. They think the States is like the only place to live Yeah, or like everything (laughs) else can be dangerous. You're going to get robbed. You're going to get kidnapped. You, whatever, whatever story you're going to get. Right. And so that was one of my biggest things for me. And also another one was like, am I going to be okay? Like, am I going to be able to handle it? I don't even know what I was thinking I could handle. Like, what were the things that I think I couldn't handle? But it was just like this feeling of like, I'm going to be alone. You know, like, I really don't know anyone over there. Like, of course, I know like 
friends of friends of friends that like in case I were to like I don't know actually get kidnapped or something it'll like they they can come you know to rescue but I really it, it did come back to that and like and there was this light fear of like a feeling like traveling was might just like shake things too much you know like fully committing to this lifestyle might shake something up within me and there were just like little fears of like really the unknown it was really the unknown of like not really knowing what what's up am I gonna have friends what if I'm like leaving all my friends here and I'm gonna go back to a place where I cannot find friends right or like am I gonna be able to get accustomed to this or that or whatever but I'm pretty easy so that's why I I, I had like a lot of that transition before and I feel like those other experiences help me see okay like I can probably pretty sure I can do this yeah yeah but it doesn't stop the fears from coming up still and like oh you're like oh what is it and it starts to, to creep up but it's cool that you're able to push past those and you know you've been you've been abroad and living this life for years now uh, how did you <clears throat> deal with the the family um was that just a matter of like them getting used to this and and you're oh now gosh. like their example or are they are they not used to it at all still? Oh no, they're used to it now. I feel like if they it was almost like they have to accept it. But I did have a lot of conversations. At the beginning it was very hard. Like we we had conversations on top of conversations on top of conversations. Like it was it was like my mom on the phone and I'm like, Oh my gosh, here we go again. You know, like we, we just knew that it was gonna be there was gonna be friction involved and me and my mom have always had a really good like like relationship in general me and my family are very close-knit my sister passed away so like we're even closer after that and and I understand their fears coming up right like they're like you're my only daughter you're now you're like living this life or you're leaving us and there was a couple of fears that were going on obviously of my safety but also of like it's almost like they feel this rejection happening as well like there's two sides like an emotional side of like are you trying to be further away from me like why don't you want to be close like all of the other families that were around, like all my other family, they're all like in the little packs. And you're like the only person that's just like, let me just go to the other side of, you know, the world or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and where, <clears throat> where are they currently based? In Miami. In Miami. Okay. I thought for some reason they were in Peru or you had just visited other family in, in Lima. Yeah. So Lima, I have a lot of my family lives there, but my parents are based in Miami. Cause that's where I grew up, so they 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 stayed there. They really like it there. So it did take a lot of time, and I also talked to my mom more than anything. Like, how can I help this be an easier transition? Like, I can't let go of my dreams, and I don't want you to also suffer because of the way I live. So let's like compromise, not from compromising my dreams, right? Let's figure out a way where you feel safe, where you feel like you can deal with this. Like, how can I help you deal with this better? And so her main concern was safety. I was like, have my location. I li literally, I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not. I'm literally just living my life if that's gonna make you feel better like uh, it's okay for me you know if like that's gonna make me be able to travel and do what I need to do then that's totally okay so I was like let's share my location is that okay with you and I was like if I'll let you know my travel plans and they're like what am I gonna tell your family and so I was like do you want me to have a conversation with my family like is that gonna make you <laughs> yeah. feel better like tell me like literally like let's come up with a game plan <laughs> yeah and, that's amazing. yeah because I, she's like you don't understand like moms just worry and I keep like thinking about you I'm like okay I don't want you to like you know stay awake at night like that's not fair right so let's like talk about it and let's figure it out so little by little it was better because I would also soothe her like anxiety of her just feeling like oh my gosh what would happen or whatever but also allowing her to deal with with that because I told her I was like at the end of the day I can't change my lifestyle to just deal with the, the anxiety you're feeling we can soothe it we can work with it we can work together yeah to transform <laughs> it. but like I, I what am I gonna do in Miami super sad that I'm not like actually living the life that I know I can that I that I've already been exposed to like you're gonna get a sad me you're gonna get like the most like depressed me ever at home if if this is what we want you know and you're gonna be not anxious but that's part of growth too you know like I I, yeah. I experience anxiety traveling too there's times that I'm like oh my gosh like how am I gonna do the visa like there's so many things that come up but it's like you're not gonna let that stop so it's like okay how can we work with it after that it's been a lot better and I think that I also what I did especially in Colombia because I started like I stayed long term I told them to come visit I was like come visit yeah, yeah. check it out that definitely helps check this place yeah. out see for yourself that the people that are telling you that I don't know every corner you get kidnapped it's not true 
you know, yeah, like literally <laughs> you're scared for like absolutely no reason. Come, come here, come and see it for yourself so you can sleep even better now. Right now you're sleeping, but now like now you're going to sleep like a baby. And they came and they even told me that they wanted to move here. And I was like, wow, wow. can you <laughs> look Full at that? <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, part of you was probably like, are we serious right now? Like all those yeah. conversations. Like, we could have started here. I should have flown you out before. <laughs> exactly. You're like, okay, now I know for the future. Just ha- take them with you and then make sure the trip goes really well. Um, and then you, you save yourself the headache. <laughs> yeah. So, so once once you actually moved to Medellin, how was that experience? Like being there for the first time, being on your own. Like how did how did you set up a, a new life there in the first couple months? Yeah, so it was my second time being there. I the first time I, I went, I, it was also my third time. But one time I went for like two days. The other time I stayed for a month and a half. And then this time I went solo. And so I I think a lot of the like one of the most beautiful things about solo traveling is that you get to really know yourself, right? And what you need and what makes you feel comfortable. What makes you feel comfortable is not what the other person feels comfortable with. I need something cozy. Like for me, (laughs) coziness makes me feel like home because you don't have a home, right? Like you're literally just around everywhere. And so for me to feel a little bit more connected, a little bit more grounded, I need to feel like I have some type of cozy place or a place that I can cook or something like that, right? And I also, one of my biggest things was like, am I going to make friends? And so I looked into co-living spaces. So then I don't have to worry about that. Or it could just be a little bit easier because that was one of my main concerns, right? So I don't know, for me, it's really important to work with yourselves, right? So if there's some fears you have, how can you make it easier for yourself to so you don't have that fear so prominent, right? So if making friends is one of the things, like maybe go into a, co- in a co-living or maybe sign up for co-working or maybe... I don't know, uh, be in a hostel for a few days and then go on your own. That's what I do a lot of the times too. But for this one, I stayed in a co-living for one month. I committed because there's a minimum of one month. And and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. I checked some people's stories out that were on that co-living just to check no, out the nice. vibe. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, I'm like, I need to check the vibe out. Like, are they advertising what they really are? And I, I just went and after that it was just so awesome like it was just so great because it was right after pandemic and so people were kind of still especially in Colombia Colombia had still uh like a lockdown basically on the weekends for the first probably two weeks I was there so it was even better because we were all the whole building there was I don't know probably 20 or 25 of us that were just stuck in the building for the first two weekends and so what are you gonna do yeah you're gonna bond you're you're gonna make like little parties upstairs because like literally you can't do anything else (laughs) there is we're all in the same situation and so I made I made friends really easily like that was actually it's still one of my favorite um experiences I've had while traveling it was amazing like we grew very close together um we would just cook like because we all lived in the same building so it'd be like oh you want to come and cook and then we'll all yeah. meet up downstairs <laughs> or we'll all meet upstairs and we just like have this and the rooftop and you know Medellin has like, like amazing views yeah, yeah it was amazing <laughs> and they had like rooftop and then so in the weekends we'd do like like movie nights in the rooftop and it was just like very bonding experience so it might have been very different to someone's first experience in doing solo but I loved it and then I was like this is it Okay, I I unlocked I unlocked like a, a key that I don't know where it's hidden, but I'm so happy I found it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because once you once you unlock the piece about like, am I actually going to be alone? I think that that's such a pivotal fear, uh, especially with solo travel and honestly, like anything in life. Like you're like, oh, but am I going to be alone? Like, how am I going to meet people? And we're not really taught how to do that when you're an adult like we kind of just by circumstance are around people when we're kids and we we bond over you know shared jobs shared activities etc but like when you're an adult you have to do it on your own but no one actually ever taught you how to do it so so yeah it's like once you once you realize it's possible this is how you can do it this is repeatable it it like 
you can overcome everything. You can you can plop back down into different cities and do the same yeah. thing and you're you have that skill set moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you've expanded it. I feel like it's like a it's like it's like a muscle, right? Like you're like, "Okay, I can go a little bit heavier. I can go a little bit heavier." So it's like now you're going a little bit more intense and a little bit more intense. And so now you're not going maybe to the countries that you know. Now you're going to the countries that you don't know and then you're going to Asia and then you go, you know, you're going to Europe and maybe you go a little bit further. And you go a little bit further and then you're like, "All right, let's just do the other side of the world actually yeah and then, and then you're on mars because you're like okay i've done the world <laughs> yeah like i can do anything it it really does give you this empowering feeling of like i can actually do anything and i can handle anything and it's it's crazy it's yeah, empowering yeah it's, me, it's very <laughs> empowering so when you were in medellin like how how long did you stay during that that first like long-term period I stayed four months. So I came for one month. Like that was my idea in my brain. Actually, I told my mom I was going to a dentist appointment. <laughs> because I, <laughs> yeah, because I had a dentist back uh, when I had gone a long time ago before the pandemic. And we were, it's so funny. Well, I was like, oh, I'm going to do um, the Invisalign with them. And I was like, that's my perfect excuse for my parents. Because my parents were my biggest thing for me, really. It was like letting them be okay with me solo traveling. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people, I, like I've talked to so many solo travelers and especially women. I think men is different. Men are like, yeah, do whatever you want. And so I came for the appointment and I was supposedly supposed to come for two weeks. And then it ended up being a month and then two months and three months and four months. And then I started dating someone here and it, yeah, it became a whole thing without even knowing it. Like it, we just met someone and then we were traveling a lot of Colombia together. So I actually saw a lot of Colombia as well um, while I was dating this person. And basically we were both going to be leaving the country. So that's kind of where we put the four month mark. So he's going to go to Brazil and then I was just going to go back to another destination that I had. But I actually went back to the States after that four month period. Uh, okay. And then how long were you back in the States? And then because what year was this um, happening? Was this in 2021 still? I think it was 20. Yeah, 2021. And then so you did yeah. the States because we met in like December in Mexico City. Yeah. So what what and, and how did you end up in Mexico City? <laughs> so I actually ended up going back to Medellin, ended up talking back to my ex-boyfriend and we ended up traveling a lot of the time together, but separately at the same time. So basically he was painting. He, he is a mural artist as well. So we were traveling to... We went to Guatemala. Oh, we went to Mexico. So we went together for two weeks. Then I stayed there for uh, another month on my own. And that's when we probably met. I'm not sure if my boyfriend was there or not when we were when we met up. But yeah. I know that you met him at yeah, one point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So it was really cool because he actually just went for the first two weeks. And then, and then he had to come back for a work thing. And then I stayed there for a month in Mexico City. And what was the, I guess, like the, the biggest difference between doing it solo versus like doing it with a partner? Wow, you really get to know a person. I feel like I'm traveling <laughs> with someone. It's like a whole different ballpark. It's very different because you're, you're now talking about two different budgets, two different lifestyles, two different everything, right? Like what's prioritizing for me, it might not be a priority for the other person. And it it can be a, like a difficult situation to grasp because for me, like my Airbnb is my home is very important. Like I will spend money on the places that I, I stay at because I love to feel like I'm waking up in the morning and it's not like somebody else's house. It feels like it's my own. I, I really, really prioritize that for me. For, for my boyfriend at the time, it was just like, I really, it just, it was, he didn't really care about the accommodation so much. He really wanted to explore and see and do and all those stuff. So he really didn't have um, an Airbnb as a priority. So we had to compromise on a lot of things, right? So I was like, okay, these are things that are very non-negotiable for me. And these are the things that are non-negotiable for him. For him, like painting in every country is a, a high priority he cannot leave without painting, right? I don't have that priority. So it was very interesting to really work with these things because we understood our the the important things to each each person and we honored them. So he honored my need of having a cozy home. 
I was like, listen, if you want the best side of me, we're going to have to have a cozy home. It's not has to be fancy. It just has to be cozy. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. need to feel like I, I, you know, it, it feels nice. There's like a nice bed to it. There's like a nice bathroom. That's like kind of what I need from, from me. And for him, he was like, I just need to paint in every, in every country that I go to. So um, if that takes me a week, if it takes me whatever, that is what it's going to take me. And I was like, okay, that's fine with me. Like, that's a priority for you. That's cool. And for me, I had other things to do. And that's when we did like content and all those different things, because I was like, yeah, I have also my other things that I'm working on as well. It's very easy to mesh, but we tried our best to not be as meshy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, you know, traveling with a partner full time and that's your lifestyle is so different than going on vacation with a partner like you know, there's so many micro decisions yeah. you're constantly having to make like what city are we going to but not just what city are we going to next how long are we staying what are we doing while we're there how are we living how are we meeting people and that mm -hmm. that requires so much communication and and conversation yeah so that's much. wild and okay so when did you like what I know we met in in 2021 in Mexico City and then I know that you went to Bali which mm -hmm. is where I am now and like what what was that period of time what did that look like because I know that you were kind of traveling around a few different places as well before making it to Bali yeah so I was traveling to a few different places and right before I came to Bali I was in this point of my life where I was like okay what's my next move and every time my I am in this space of where's my next move I look at everything that you know I have and I am a hypnotherapist and a hypnotherapist that I was, that was mentoring me for a long time was opening a, a practice in Bali, basically a healing center. And she was like, I think you'd love it here. I think you'd love it here. You should come and work here and just check it out. Right. And she was going to be opening it in June. She had told me like in April, April, May, and it was January and I was in Brazil. Again, I feel like Brazil is a very pivotal moment for me. I feel like it's one of the New Year's Brazil. It's like when I first went solo and I went nomad. And then it was my second time where I was like, okay, I'm going to go solo and travel across the country. And I literally don't know anyone other than my hypnotherapist that I that I never seen in my life. And it's a very professional relationship. It's not like a, she's like a friend of mine or something like that. It's more of like a, a mentor, you know? And And I decided, I was like, well, like that just sounds like a, the best option right now. And I was like, I want to explore that. I feel like I have enough experience under my belt where I felt comfortable going to Bali. I feel like if I didn't have all the South American more like, home, not homey, more like comfortable, I guess I would say, because I speak Spanish. Obviously, like I've been to Latin America before. If I didn't have all those experiences, I think it would have been a little bit different. But I was like, I think I'm just, I'm just going to do it. And I did it and I had just gone through a breakup. And um, I was like, it's okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. And I went all the way to Bali. And it was hard. It was honestly, Bali was probably one of the hardest traveling experiences I've had to date. Um, and it was also because of all the personal thing that I was going through, plus you're adding like a whole different like, landscape, like Asia, Southeast Asia is like another another ball game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wild that like cause so many people like that I've met in Bali, this is their first time traveling outside of their home areas. And it's like their intro to travel. So a lot of people find it like easy because a lot of people speak English. There's a lot of like resources and infrastructure here to support right. you. So it's, it's interesting that your comfort zone is like a lot of people's stretch zone. So that's, that's fun to hear as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's actually interesting. Yeah, so I think that that's interesting that like, you know, your push was to go to Bali. And also like, it's a great place to work on internal things, just it's a very spiritual location, you already had like the coaching and the, the connections here, it sounds like to to do a lot of that healing work. Uh, what particularly was challenging for you about yeah. being in Bali? I, I genuinely think that I really do believe like Bali has like energetically like there's an energy to it that will bring everything up for you like you you will have to process some things like there's a lot of people that I've met that just tells you like the first month is can be really shaky I met another girl in Medellin actually I met a lot of people from Medellin in Bali which is really interesting because I didn't find a lot of Latins like Latins from South America there I, I found a lot of like Spanish people like from Spain, but not a lot of Latin people from South America or anything like that. It was it was rare that I found someone from Peru or Colombia or anything like that. But 
one of the things that was kind of more difficult on my end was definitely the motorcycles. I just felt like it was very chaotic. I felt like there was a lot going on and I had to, I had to, it's almost like it's a, a whole different world and a whole different life there. I felt like it was like my laundry need, I need to find my laundry place. Where is that going to be? Like little things that you don't really think about on your day to day of your home. You had to figure it out there. Right. And in a way that it just felt like things were a little bit more far fetched because I had to ride a motorcycle every time I wanted to go somewhere. And I was like, that was already like, dysregulating my nervous system right I was like oh my gosh this is a lot this is I have to ride a motorcycle every time that I'm going to go somewhere and the traffic can be crazy and the driving can also be crazy and there's motorcycles coming in now and so for me that took a little bit of time to adjust and also I think it was how much I was living in Latin America that I just didn't find any Latin people and it was just it was so hard for me it was very different like very drastic drastic difference where I was like no one speaks Spanish and not even no one speaks Spanish it's like no one like everyone is from Europe or they're from Australia Australia. and one of the things in Bali that really surprises me and it still does surprise me now is that I don't know here in Medellin or even in Peru or wherever you go like you go to a restaurant and even if it's a really nice restaurant you will sit with other Colombian people I if I go to Peru I go to a really nice restaurant you'll still sit with Peruvian people in Bali, I feel like I never saw locals that much. And it like shocked me so much, this little like, this little detail, because I'm like, I'm so used to also being around locals and like locals being part of my life in terms of like, they're like, also eating with me or they're like, at the gym. But it, I, I just it felt like very interesting. And it felt a little bit like a bubble in a way. Um, and it was just kind of an interesting thing to get used to. But then there's really amazing things I love about Bali, which is like the like the actual like offerings they do every morning, like they're so yeah. devoted oh, to beautiful. their land. It's crazy. It's beautiful to see and how water is so cleansing. Like, like there's so many things that are that I love so much. But there's a lot of things that like were very shocking culturally right that I'm so used to you know talking to other people and and just being like very like I don't know you can go to a coffee shop and you also find other people that are from that place but I it was just very hard for me to meet locals that weren't workers I guess yeah yeah and it was just very there's definitely more of a separation I feel like and there it is it is a bit of a bubble especially if you're in Changu I think Changu more so is a little bit more like a, a bubble because there's a lot more expats and nomads versus there mm-hmm. are locals and the, the locals that are there are working versus I think like Ubud, like 90% of the people like actually are locals here. So the, the proportions a little Local. bit mm-hmm. uh, different. Yeah, exactly. So I totally understand where you're coming from in terms of the difference. Like no one speaks Spanish. I've, I actually did meet some Colombians and I was able really? to speak Spanish with them. And that just felt like, just felt right. It felt good to actually yeah. like practice Spanish. <laughs> But but yeah, that's the hard thing too, is just the the culture is so different. And while everyone's very nice, it's not as I don't know, it's just not as vibrant, maybe, in the in the way that like Latin America yeah. is is vibrant in the energy. Like the energy here is like more tranquil, I guess. Uh-huh. Um so so definitely a difference. Like loving, loving. Yes, but like less yeah, because they're very loving. Like the Indonesian people are so so nice. Like their uh, their service is also top notch. You know, and like they're amazing and they love. They're just very giving. But yeah, Latin America has like a different like spice or something yeah. to it. Yeah, definitely <laughs> more of a flair. Something something that's just like you could feel as mm-hmm. soon as you land. It's even in the way mm-hmm. that people move their bodies and dance and like listen to music and how you just all come together for dance and music and that that definitely is is different here. Um, yeah, for sure. How did you like? There seems like a lot of things came up internally. A lot of things came up in terms of external factors that were were triggering. How did you? Grow Ground. you were here for six months were, were there some things that you found that worked for you that are now part of your toolkit I definitely have a traveling toolkit <laughs> after after you've done this you're just like let me take out like all the things that I have possible yeah, yeah and I think that that's amazing because you know yourself like you're like okay like let's combat this and so for me at least everywhere that I go my one of my biggest grounding tools is getting a gym for me it just 
it solidifies some type of routine for me, right? Like it just gives me something that I'm waking up in the morning and doing this thing. So it just gets me out of this vacation mindset to like a normal day routine type of mindset, you know? And so for me, it was, I got into the gym. I gave myself some time to be kind to myself because I think that we forget sometimes because it's maybe second nature if people are just traveling often, that might happen. But um, but we forget that traveling does get exhausting and making decisions, planning, looking for doing laundry, looking for your favorite coffee shops, looking for a coffee shop that has Wi-Fi that works for you, looking for, you know, a coffee shop that do- has food that you actually enjoy. Like it sounds small, but it's it takes effort and time and days. And so for you to feel actually grounded, even like normally is like, at least for me, it takes like around three weeks. It takes me around three weeks to ground anywhere. So I do very slow traveling as I started more fast traveling in the beginning. And I was like, I'm going to burn out. And so I did a very slow traveling. And even in Bali, I was even more intentional because the six months prior, I was, I had gone to like 11 countries and like the span of like four months or something like that. It was, it was, it was so much. And I was very tired and I had gone through a breakup. So emotionally, I had to take care of myself. Physically, I was exhausted and I wanted to like take care of myself. So it was very intentional for me to do a lot of wellness while I was there, right? Like self-care, like going to the gym, eating well, like, and obviously processing my emotions and also getting used to being far away from my family. That One of the things that also made it a little bit easier for me was connecting with my family in the morning because the whole day in the States, it's the nighttime. So I, d- I couldn't access any of my friends at nighttime because no one's going to just, obviously no one's going to be picking up my phone call at two o'clock in the morning like <laughs> I'm going through it or something. So it really forced me to to rely on myself, to rely on not like, no, let, let me call up a friend to like, you know, process X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, yeah, you can call up a friend at nighttime because that's like a normal time for them to be answering a phone call. How can I go within? How can I get, how can I hold myself better? How can I soothe myself better? Like, what do I actually need? And I got to know myself on another completely different level that I have never in my life before because I was forced to really face this on my own because as much as people want to be there for you, they're on a different time zone and you're on the other side of the world. So your whole day, really, you're, you're, you're like on your own. And obviously, then I started making friends and stuff like that. But the first month, it was a little bit more difficult. So then I really started to rely on the gym, um, meeting people going to events and like seeing other things, but also not just outsourcing all of that and like really tuning into my body and saying like hey like when do I really need to be on my own and not really stretch myself to be social when it's really that I want to be on my own you know what I really need to process some things instead of just going off and socializing because that's like a good distraction it was a good way to differentiate okay is this healthy distraction or is this just a distraction because I cannot be with my feelings right now and it was it was just like a whole other growth for me and yeah it was it was great it was great because I know that after that, I was like, I really have everything. Like I've got myself through anything <laughs> and yeah. really it was so. <laughs> yeah. It's such a trust building exercise when you realize like, wow, like me, myself and I, like I did that. I conquered some of those dark places that my mind went through and now I have a toolkit, things that I know make me feel better did it solo, can do it with other friends as support, but like you really have you through those times yeah. when you're when you're feeling those ways. So that's that's amazing and, and expansive too to be able to oh, experience that even though it was probably really hard through that whole process. Yeah. So tell me, like let's chat a little bit more about travel burnout. Like were you able to did you experience a travel burnout before going to Bali or were there times after Bali too that uh kind of made you feel like, okay, I need to really slow down my pace? Maybe like did you ever question continuing to travel? Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> currently questioning it. I'm not even questioning it. I, I, I actually put myself like a time limit of like six months to stay still, which I'm traveling tomorrow. So that is I'm not honoring my own boundaries. But <laughs> things come up, right? But it definitely, I it started to, to really sit with me. And I guess it was probably three years into traveling that I was like, oh, like, I think I want more stability. Like, I just want more like a, I want to buy a couch. Like, it was these things. Like, I was like, wow, I want to buy like, I know kitchen utensils and it was very interesting for me to question that that had never been a thing for me I never desired oh wow like let's just I don't know buy a bed like never but I really started to desire a home base 
And I think it has started happening because I started planning to ahead my travels and I started committing to things way too in advance, which I usually don't do, but I started, it almost was combating people pleasing because my parents were like, Oh, let's go here. And then my other friend was like, let's go over there. And then I was like, Oh, so then it started to me saying yes to a lot of things without checking in with myself. Like, do I have capacity? Am I tired? Is my, is like, can I actually work and go on a 17 day, like, like tour with my family? Like, is that like actually feasible? And it was never about like questioning myself. It was more of like, okay, well, I have the time, right? Like, yeah, I guess it does fit into it, but it never was about checking to my body. And my body was slowly like really telling me like, hey, like you, you can't do this, you know? And especially when I was right before Bali, those four months that I went to like 11 countries, that I was getting sick like every, every month. And that's how I started to notice. I'm like, okay, wait, like, this is, this is getting, this is getting a little out of hand and I really need to check in with myself and like really like, you know, like take care of myself. And it wasn't even like I was doing anything crazy in these trips. It was family trips. It was like visiting, like I wasn't even drinking or partying or anything like that. It was just so much movement. My body was like exhausted. It was like, I, I can't keep up with this pace of life, you know? And so then I started to, in Bali, I slowed down, but even in Bali, you have to go on visa run every two months. So I still was traveling. (laughs) Two months is not that long, you know? And so I was like, okay. So every two months I was going to Vietnam, which was, and then you're like, well, if I'm already going to Vietnam, I might as well like tour it and see it, you know, I'm like already going there. (laughs) Might as well just take a little trip and see it. And so I went for five days to Malaysia. I went for, um, for three days when one of my visa runs and then where else did I go? I'm, I think that may have been it or maybe I did another, I can't remember, but whatever. I did some visa runs. The Malaysia one, I went for two days and I, I stayed in a really good Airbnb and I was like, this is it. Like I'm, I know I had to travel, but I was like, I'm honing in to just like staying in. And I literally watched movies all day and just stayed oh, nice. in and ordered in. And it was such a cozy experience. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting. And so I think that it's been now, more intentional because sometimes after traveling so much you make it such part of you that you no longer like listen to the cues right like of the hey maybe this is not exactly what you want anymore maybe you want to still travel but like in a slower pace or in a different way or in you know like let's develop a way that works for you now that you're growing and you're older because that you know when I started traveling I was like 25 24 maybe and and that was a different me <laughs> the way yeah. that she <laughs> and the energy she had is a different person <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure yeah I mm-hmm. I remember the days when I was 25 and backpacking Europe with a 40 pound backpack and like that going through cobble I only brought one pair of shoes and everything I own in that backpack and I was traveling every two days and I can't okay. I don't know where that energy was from that 25 year old, but (laughs) I like to travel every three to six months now because I realized also the same way. Like initially when I started nomading, I was doing it once a month. And then that Mm -hmm. quickly was like, this is too fast of a pace because if you value connection and you value the things like you do, like coziness and kind of getting a little bit more rooted, you don't get that at one month. You don't even get that at three months. You're like barely scratching the surface. And like, even I felt like in Mexico city, I was only there for a month and I ended up meeting you. I ended up meeting some like amazing woman, but like we, we got to hang out three times. Right. And it was like, Oh, like I think had we had like longer, we would have actually been able to establish like a really nice community, but mm-hmm. now we're all going in separate directions. And I'm so glad we were able yeah. to keep in touch, but like definitely you like, you're just like almost there. And then you get those almost there feelings in every city and it, it gets exhausting just yeah. being on the cusp of like these like building amazing something. connections and, and building something exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's like somewhere in there, like listening to your intuition and then finding the balance that works for you because this yeah. traveling is so unique to the person, uh, the the location that you choose, the types of things that you do, the way that you live with the style. Um, it's like its own blueprints for each person. Yeah. And, and you do have to tap in and listen to yourself. Yeah. I really think it's just like you need to reevaluate every so often, right? Like every, maybe every year, like because you do change and sometimes we're like in like automatic mode that we just think that like I literally think I lived the same traveling life for like 
three years. And I was like, this is weird. Why is it feeling weird? I'm like, because I'm literally way older. Like, you know, but it just like, it's it's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't party the same way. Like I don't do the things the same way. So why would we think that traveling has to be the same way? So now I'm like, I want to do home base in Medellin, like a hub because I do want furniture and then go out and explore because I also started to feel like I was traveling as a chore. Like I Mm -hmm. I have to go somewhere. So it's like, all right, let's just go somewhere, you know, but I don't, yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to travel and be excited about where I'm going, excited to meet new people and have that feeling instead of being like, okay, well, I have a month to fill in where, where should we just spend this month? You know, it was, it was a very different feeling I was getting. And I was like, I don't like that because then that starts to feel like not really like authentic. It just feels like I'm keeping up this like identity of traveling where I'm like, no, what I really want is a home base. And then to keep traveling from there. I'm, I still think, even now, I'm probably going to be here three to four months or five months out of the year. But just knowing that you have a home base right now as my 29-year-old self feels so good. <laughs> yeah, no, And that's so important that you made that realization. Like, And that's kind of like my long-term vision is to have like multiple home bases around the world so that like everywhere feels like home. So that's my yeah. <laughs> ultimate goal. Because I do at some point don't want like for me, I don't care about the things as much. I just don't like carrying suitcases like everywhere around the world and having to pack and unpack them. And like, how amazing would it be to just have a closet everywhere in the world? That yeah. You just can access? <laughs> so that's, that's don't want like a little carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And just like breeze through the security with, with a, a tiny little bag. Like that's, that's yeah. the dream now. And the dreams change dream. over time. Just tap in every uh, time. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So I would love, you mentioned your hypnotherapy and coaching. Um, I'd love to get a little bit more information on like, who are your clients? What is the type of work that you work with them on? Yeah, so with hypnotherapy, I work a lot around patterns, a lot of a lot about different beliefs that you have, different things that are kind of, they don't allow you to keep going in life, right? So I started hypnotherapy a lot with my relationships in general so i had a lot of a lot of hesitation to commitment um and i think a lot of travelers also do because i feel like it's easy (laughs) to to, to go from place to place right Right. you're just like i'm not really coming to anything or anywhere any place nothing absolutely anything it's just like my closet like my bag and i was like okay i really have to work on this right (laughs) i i used to do a lot of work so i started working with a lot of manifestation so manifestation is really how everything kind of my whole brand came to be. Um, But then I started to really dig in a little bit deeper and above, you know, or beyond manifestation, because obviously we've created an amazing life that we like and everything like that. It's a lot about being okay with yourself and being less triggered. It's never like you're never not going to be triggered. That's just part of life. But how can you manage it better? How can you be how can you get to understand yourself better? How can you understand how the different um, relationships you have with your parents impact you now? And how can you work with yourself so then you could keep growing, but without feeling like you're always emotionally unregulated, right? So I help a lot of clients really find a life that fits for them because I genuinely believe that everyone <laughs> is supposed to live a a life that fits them, whatever that path is for them, right? And I feel like the same way that I had to talk with my parents about like letting me travel because it was such a big pull. It was such a big pull for me that I couldn't shut up. Like I, I tried, I really tried. <laughs> I also tried jobs and I try to shut the voice down. I'm like, listen, we're just going to tr- do the job. route. It's fine. And I could do it for a year, maybe a year and a half. And this voice would come again and be like, you need to get out of here. Like, this is not what you're supposed to do. And I, I had to quit. Like, it was just, it just got so loud. And and there is this pull within everyone that kind of pulls you to different directions. And there's a lot of things that block you from going that direction, right? The fears that come up, the different beliefs that you have, all the different things that kind of don't let you go forward. <laughs> and so what I help people do is transform those, look look into them more, really look into your past, see how that impacts you, and actually have the tools to regulate the transformation, right? not really escape or avoid life. It's about being able to confront life and everything that it has to offer you in all the spectrums of life, right? Like in the happy moments, in the sad moments and all, all of it, because I feel like when you allow one spectrum, you're allowing more of the other spectrum as well. And so the more you can really like look into it and hone into it and honestly, like know yourself more and all of your humanity and your human yeah. form, <laughs> the more you can open up to life. Yeah, that's 
That's beautiful. Um, I I resonate with that so much. I mean, that's the whole brand that I'm building is is like, how do you stop escaping using travel, but also just escaping yourself? And in what ways can you grow, transform your life? Um, and so I, I haven't looked into hypnotherapy much myself, but it sounds amazing as a tool that you can use to be able to make those transformations, really push yourself, sit with yourself, ask those really pivotal questions that on a day-to-day we tend to ignore with the next distraction. Mm-hmm whatever that may be and that's really cool do you work with men and women yeah I work with actually it's so interesting my branding is very much women focused but I attract so much so many so I just allow it yeah. to happen I feel that's like a amazing. lot of men yeah I think a lot of men need it actually and if if people feel safe I always tell people take your hypnotherapist as like you would wherever the safest person is like date hypnotherapist is almost like what I tell people like Talk to them and see which one do you feel the safest to because that's where your subconscious is going to like open up to. That's where you're going to open up. It's just like a relationship, right? Like if someone is a safe space and you feel that connection with them, you're going to open up. You're going to allow the healing to come through. Except like when people just recommend a hypnotherapist or something or even like a therapist or anything like that and you don't feel that connection, I'm like, don't work with me or or anyone anyone else, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because it doesn't work for either of you. Like you want to make sure that you're having those impacts on your client and the mm-hmm. client wants to make sure that they're that what they're paying for, they're getting it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's, the connection is so is so important in that. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a few more questions um, regarding just the connection, play, travel. We talked about kind of like how we met and like how you've been able to meet other people through collabs, et cetera. Like how... I guess if you were to choose like what method was the most meaningful for you to be able to connect with people on your travels, like how, what was that method? Yes. I think mm, the ones that I've built very long lasting is one, I think it's non-party related activities. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of doing the things that you like. For me, it's easier for me to find someone that's more like-minded if they kind of like what I do, you know, like they go to the gym, maybe at the gym. I haven't met too many people at the gym, to be honest with you. But then I actually end up meeting people elsewhere. And then we go to the gym together. Like gym is kind of like that activity we end up bonding over so it's like something like oh you have to go to the gym I have to, let's just be accountability buddies or like let's go together yeah uh, but then I do a lot of like I did in Bali they have um, writing groups they have book clubs they have a lot of these different specific like they do open mic they called voices unleashed it's amazing I absolutely love it I met really amazing people from there as well. So I do more activities that are non-party related. I have met some people through parties and stuff like that, but not like too many. And I just feel like the connection just can't get as deep. And I'm more of like a one-on-one or like a small group type of girl than a bigger type of group girl, you know? So for me, those work better. Also, friends of friends like there's a lot of times that people introduce me from hey I have friends here hey I have friends here especially when you start traveling a lot like you're just gonna find like a huge network of other people's networks of other people's networks and then somehow you just (laughs) end up tapping into other people's friends and then you become really good friends and it's just like a little cycle that happens I I always say like ask people that have been to places if they've had friends like just put yourself out there you know and just Go to events, and if you can't find an event you like, just create one. In Bali, I hosted workshops. I hosted workshops for myself. Yeah, I did. Um, I did inner child. So I did one of art therapy, which was an uh, inner child workshop with um art. So we were drawing with crayons and stuff. So yeah, so I was like, just create one or make one or or get out of your comfort zone a little bit or go to that event that might maybe you have eyed but you're like mm, am I gonna is it gonna be fun am I gonna be awkward whatever just just do it <laughs> I, I love that both of those tips are amazing uh, I think in re- relation to like the friends of friends like it's hard now for me to to go to a city and not know anyone because I feel like there's like a another nomad that I know who knows another person there and like mm-hmm. the world is a lot smaller than than we actually think once you're once you're out there and, and living yeah. it and uh, it's scary how many times I've like had mutual connections with strangers or people I thought were strangers. And you're like, oh, oh we gosh. have like 10 people in common. It's wild. Yeah. I met someone in Bali that was from Colombia and he knew my ex's sister. And I was like, what? 
like how, how is that even possible you know it's just little things and also just remembering that people that are traveling also want to make friends like everyone has a similar mission here you know like no like usually travelers are trying to yeah. create <laughs> friends and community and stuff so you're not the only one that's trying to find friends uh everyone is really on the same on yeah. the same note <laughs> like that's where they're pretty friendly it's not that hard actually yeah. I almost find it easier to make friends while traveling than in your hometown. Yeah. And that's because the traveler mindset is, you know, you, you want to make friends, you want to meet other people, especially if that other person is solo. You're like, you want the same things. Yeah. You you both want to have like, dinner tonight. Like, don't, don't make it weird. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and I love the workshop piece. I'm actually working on some workshops as well. So helping people make connections anywhere in the world, like using play instead of alcohol. So I might have to tap into mm. kind of like your workshop brain at some point because that's oh, yeah, definitely something sure. I want to, to provide to people as well, just having this experience. And I think it, it'll just be fun in general. In terms of uh, a couple more questions, what is one question you wish you would have asked your younger self sooner, maybe at the start of your journey? Um, I guess like what is really important to me or what is like the intention of each thing? Because at times I felt like I could have lost that intention, right? Like it could become automatic. And sometimes you're like, oh, is it to connect with people? Is it to meet people? Or is it to, to X, Y, and Z? And I feel like having that intention and I guess right now that just came to me as well was allow yourself to go with the flow, like loosen the control up, like loosen the, the need to, to know or want to know all of the things, right? It's like, just what would happen if you let go <laughs> a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. And isn't that the funny thing is I feel like as travelers, people are like, oh, you're so good with the flow. It's like, no, actually we're very controlled. There's a lot of things that are like planned and I have in my mind in terms of like how I have to get through of, of like the next visa process like there's a lot more I think that's planned than not planned um so yeah the going with the flow piece I feel like is, is very important for sure to, to get that back into your mindset um yeah. what is one tip uh that you would give to women who are considering traveling solo for the first time but are a bit hesitant work with yourself start slow like there's no need to you know like there's no need to prove anything or anyone or anything like jumping off to bali by yourself or like if that's what your dream is for sure do it but like there's no need to do it in a in a in a crazy way like if if first traveling with your friend is gonna ease into it right like it's slowly building to it like really allowing yourself to expand to that level of solo traveling is also okay like it doesn't have to look a certain way it doesn't have to be a certain way like if you know that it's bringing you like I don't know like money situation or like I don't know finances are bringing you a lot of stress go on a shorter trip right like just check it out dip your toes and and then yeah. see that you've got it because it's a muscle right like let's not go into the shock to the nervous system where you're gonna then retreat back and you're like i'm never doing this again just mm -hmm. work with yourself so if it's slowly like going maybe if you live in miami go to los angeles solo and do like go slowly and then and then go to south america and then do the other things or whatever your comfort level is work with that comfort level by expanding it little by little that worked for me yeah. And I genuinely think that if I would have done it a little bit more intensely, who knows how it would have gone. But I really like the way that I did it. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's different paces and different styles. And I think that that's uh, so empowering to allow people to say, like, you know, dip your toe in, do it for a weekend, do it for a day, do a, do a solo dinner, you know, like something small that yeah. just grows you little by little until you build up that confidence. And like, I'm all about taking big leaps, but that's not the same for everyone. And like, in order to take that big leap, you have to also get the confidence to, to do it too. And like building that confidence yeah. over time is so important. One last question as we kind of bring it back into play, like how is play currently part of your life? What do you do in your life that feels like play? Oh my gosh, so many things. I feel like my life is play right now. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do ceramics. I draw. I literally go on the swings every every chance I get. Because I here in Medellin, you know, there's parks everywhere. Yeah, there's, there's parks so like parks. when you walk down the <laughs> corner, there's little swings everywhere. So I'm just like, we're going to take a swing. Yeah, yeah, so I think those are <laughs> one of the things I'd love to do more is like dancing. <laughs> but yeah, currently I've just been playing with clay and, 
and art and, and things like that. Uh, yeah, I love, I know that you do charcoal drawings too, right? Like I think yeah. um, I, mm-hmm. I love watching your charcoal drawings. I was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so easy to travel with too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you take swing breaks. I take bubble breaks. I think there's it's there's something about like switching your brain off and just doing something in your body because you want to do it and like not fighting the impulse of like oh I'm you know I'm an adult I can't do that or you know whatever it is the thoughts that come mm-hmm. up like it's just so important to lean into that like childlike wonder. Yeah, yeah. We were in Morocco with a friend and we saw swings in the middle. We were going to the Sahara Desert and it was in the middle of our pit stop and everyone was in the bus and we saw the swings and I was like, I really want to go on those things. She's like, let's go on those swings. And we were literally the whole bus was inside and we were swinging on those swings waiting for the other person that was in the bathroom. We're like, the other person's still in the bathroom and it's fine. And then also when we were in the Sahara, we rolled down the hill, just like little kids, but it was like, I was like healing to the body. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are the best moments. The ones that like I take with me. You're like, yeah, these, this, this felt good. Yeah. Um, so I love that you still incorporate that. Oh, Thank yeah. you so much again for this conversation, for being oh. on this podcast. I've really enjoyed chatting with you, getting to know you a little bit more and also just catching up. It's been so long. I know. In what <laughs> ways can people who are listening contact you and find out more about the work that you're doing? So you can go on Instagram. My handle is at Ale Kaneshiro. And you're going to find the services I have and the things that I do and just also my writing. I like, love poetry. I love writing. So you'll just get a little bit of everything in there. <laughs> Perfect. And I will link that into the show notes again. Uh, thank you again for sharing your story of transformation, connection, and play with us today. I'm so grateful to have met you, have you on as a guest. And thank you all for uh, listening in today's episode with Ale. I hope her story resonated with you and it inspires you to transform your life through solo travel. See you all at the next adventure. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Travel Not to Escape podcast. I hope you found our conversation inspiring and insightful. And if you're ready to take the next step in your journey of self-discovery through intentional travel, I invite you to join our vibrant and supportive community of solo female travelers over on Facebook. Inside our community, you'll find like-minded women from all walks of life sharing their stories, experiences, and tips on how to make travel a transformative part of your life. It's a safe space to ask questions, seek advice, and find inspiration. To become a part of this incredible community, simply search for Travel Not to Escape on Facebook groups, or you can click the link in the episode description. I can't wait to welcome you into our tribe of fearless travelers. Remember, your journey of self-discovery begins with that first step. So don't hesitate. Join us today and let's embark on this adventure together. Until next time, keep exploring, connecting, and playing, and safe travels, navigators. Bye.